Are you wondering how you can learn more about food? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Chakula Podcast, brought to you by the Root to Food Initiative, a show that celebrates authentic Kenyan dishes and serves you hot conversations about food in Kenya from an economic, social, and political lens. Semanasi kwenye social media, at Root to Food on Instagram, at Root to Food on Twitter, and Root to Food on Facebook. And now, here's your host, Felistas Mwalia. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Chakula Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Sylvia Kuria, who's a passionate farmer and who does her things differently. Probably, Sylvia, you can start us off by telling us who Sylvia is and what do you do that is different from the other farmers. Yeah, and Karibu to the studio. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm Sylvia Kuria and I'm an organic farmer. I've uh, been practicing organic for about uh, more than 10 years, actually. Mm-hmm. So I basically just started by growing my own food for my own home consumption. So we had a kitchen garden and with time it grew and now we are able to somehow, we are like middle skill mm-hmm. organic farmers. But then um, I farm differently as you say because I farm in a way that is sustainable. Mm-hmm. We don't use any um, chemical inputs in our farming systems. You know, we practice agroecology, different aspects of mm-hmm. that, of agroecology like agroforestry we take good care of our soil we do composting we do cover cropping water harvesting so basically the kind of farming i practice is one that is sustainable yeah and i'm also very very passionate about training Mm -hmm. so i love my farming but i'm passionate about training so we train farmers Mm -hmm. we are trying to set up our farms as demonstration plots where farmers can come and learn how to do organic agroecology you know, sustainable farming. You know, nowadays there are so many terminologies. Yeah. And then I also mm-hmm. also train farmers out of the farm on how they can be able to start off their own gardens. Finally, we actually have an outlet. Yeah. And our brand name, Sylvia's Basket, mm-hmm. where we sell safe organic produce. Karibu Sana, you've mentioned that you have an outlet, Sylvia's Basket. Probably you can let us know how is the uptake of organic food in Kenya. Okay, so when I started in 2016, okay, I actually started selling my produce earlier than 2016. Mm-hmm. But then I officially registered the company mm-hmm. in 2016. And I, yeah, wanted to go more commercial and, you know, just have proper systems. So I started by selling produce from my farm mm-hmm. to my friends. So my friends were my first customers. So they used to, uh, you know, call and say, anything you have extra, just bring to us in yeah. the city. So yeah. our farms are in Limuru and Memahio. Mm-hmm. So, of course, those are towns that are very close to Nairobi City. Mm-hmm. So we'd basically just harvest in the morning and then bring our surplus produce to friends. And then I got to a point whereby I even had more produce than I could sell to uh, homes. Yeah. And I had to start selling to uh, middlemen or the brokers. Mm -hmm. It was very discouraging because they buy our very nice produce at, you know, like that cheap rates. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's when in 2019 we decided to start an outlet. Yeah. To sell our produce. And when we started off, to answer your question, the uptake was not too high Mm -hmm. because it's people who know as you know it just takes time like any other business to build a brand yeah yeah. and for people to know who you are but then now um during covid covid came as a savior for us Mm -hmm. because now people were more uh number one people were at home yeah so they were on their phones Mm -hmm. and they were uh, you know very active on social media platforms Mm -hmm. so we just made sure that our pages were very active and then number two people were more conscious because we are being told to have a good healthy diet and people were you know ditching uh you know food that wasn't safe for 
them or stuff that was processed yeah. and looking for more natural foods. So that really helped us that, uh, you know, we got a lot of customers. In fact, I only see during COVID mm-hmm. between, because COVID started in uh, March. Yeah. So January, uh, we're doing maybe 20 baskets mm-hmm. a week. By April, we're doing more than 100 baskets, oh, which wow. is like 300% growth. Yeah. And, you know, from then on, it's mm-hmm. just been, you know, a constant growth. Of course, some people, you know, fell off the bandwagon after yeah. they felt COVID is not too serious. Yeah. <laughs> but then generally, you know, we are still having a good uptick and people are yeah. very curious, Yeah. you know, to know what is organic. Why should I eat it? Yeah. Sylvia, so probably to take you back, why did you decide doing things differently? Why did you decide to go the organic way? Okay, I uh, decided to grow seafood because when we moved to Limuru, by the way, I was born and bred in the city. I'm, I'm uh-huh. 100% city girl. <laughs> and, uh-huh. you know, maybe just to make it a bit interesting, when we first moved to Limuru, mm-hmm. I mean, my my family was not very inspired that I can become a farmer. Yeah. Because I could not even tell the difference between a weed, beans, I didn't know the difference between uh, coriander, which is dania, mm-hmm. and carrots. Mm-hmm. As in, I was a blonde, like 100%. But I was 100% committed to growing seafood for my young children. So mm-hmm. by then, I had a small child. And um, when I started doing my little garden, I got some pests. And I asked, okay, now what do I do? And everyone told me, so you just take a sample of the leaf that has the pest, yeah. and you'll be told which chemical to spray. And in my mind, I thought, you know, this can't be right. This, You know, it just it doesn't sound right that I'm going to spray a chemical. But then now I did it maybe for about a year or less. No, I think I only sprayed like once or twice, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is not sustainable. I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And I researched. I didn't even know what organic was. So I researched uh, growing food without chemicals. Mm -hmm. And what came up was organic. And And how did you realize that it's not working? Because I just, um, you know, I'm one of those who love to read. Mm -hmm. So not many people read the labels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of stuff. But I read labels of everything. Mm-hmm. Even I don't buy food even from a store or a supermarket without knowing what I'm ingesting. Mm-hmm. So when I read the labels, first, you know, one thing I always see as a policy, if I can't pronounce what's getting into my body, I just don't buy it. Yeah, because okay. most likely <laughs> yeah. it can't be good for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I couldn't pronounce all those chemicals. Mm-hmm. And then they said that they have something called a harvest interval. So basically, if you spray the chemicals, you have to wait for about maybe one week, two weeks, depending on the strength of the mm-hmm. chemical before you can be able to ingest it. And I asked questions, you know, why should I wait two weeks before I can eat my own food? Yeah. And that's when I, without anyone telling me much, mm-hmm. I just figured out this must be poison. Mm. And can't be good for my young family. Mm-hmm. And I just stopped using it. And then now, over time now, I went into reading, you know, to find out the effects of these chemicals. And I, you know, and even just being very close to, to food. And, you know, yeah. you had a, an amazing uh, report, which is a white paper report on the pesticide yeah. use in Kenya. You know, I still refer to it until today. Oh. It's like one of the, my reference. Yeah, yeah. I'm always reading to educate people and myself. So I basically, I'm just a reader. I just want to know what's getting to my body. And yeah. I just thought it can't be good for me. So I just stopped using it. Yeah. Quite inspiring. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so they also mentioned that at the beginning, the uptake, the uptake was not so good. Yeah. Is that linked with the fact that most Kenyans associate organic farming to the rich? You know, basically what we did, we just aped everything that was happening in the West. Mm-hmm. So we just did a copy paste because, mm-hmm. you know, in the West, organic is expensive. It's a niche product. Yeah. And without even asking any questions, why is it expensive in the West? Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. I actually took my time even listening to like TED Talks, as in I just go online and I just yeah. ask, why is organic more expensive? Yeah. And one of the things I listened to one of the TED Talks, they actually said organic is expensive because of the um, supply and demand, number one. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like in the West, you know, the supply is little, but the demand is very high. And then also you find in the West, uh, most organic farmers are really, you know, charged very high costs to have their products certified. Mm-hmm. You know, certification can be such a huge headache and extremely expensive. Yeah. So you find farmers to be able to recoup their costs because, you know, sometimes their produce is not too high. Then they make it higher. Yeah. So they can be able just to survive in the market. How about here in Kenya? In Kenya, mm, <laughs> it's not that expensive. Somewhere, but if you just go somewhere, mm-hmm. organic food, you'll, yeah. you'll see the reaction. In fact, to be honest, yeah. those who are listening to me and my followers on Instagram and Facebook and all the social media platforms, mm-hmm. many of them don't buy from me because they just assume I'm expensive. You know, they're like, she says yeah. organic, you know, she's just doing a good job. It's yeah. wonderful for the world, for the environment mm-hmm. and everything, but I would never buy organic. And, um... It's interesting because when we put a high markup to organic, we are yeah. trying to say that it's for the rich yeah. and that safe food should not be for everybody, mm. which is fundamentally wrong. Because if you it's think about, fair. yeah, because yeah. if you think about, just let's go back to the SDGs. Yeah, I think SDG three says uh, good health and well and well being for mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? That everyone deserves to have good health everyone deserves to have safe food yeah so um, in kenya i don't think organic has to be made into a niche product yeah because one we are in a country whereby you know we can grow food all year round in the west you have the summers and the very harsh winters mm-hmm. where food can't grow all year round yeah you know so we grow food all year yeah, round yeah. Mm-hmm. and also you know we don't have extreme weather so we actually have chances to actually get group certification which makes organic farmers be able to access certification yeah. at very very low rates mm-hmm. so it's not very high silver probably just to cut you short mm-hmm. if i buy a tomato today from a kawaida mamamboga here yeah. and if i buy a tomato from either silver's basket or from the organic farmers market mm. i believe the price is slightly different yeah. and yet yeah this other tomato the farmer used a lot of chemicals mm. probably it was it was capital intensive compared to True. to organic farming why mm. why the difference okay two things one as i said we've just basically aped what was happening in the West. Mm-hmm. So we just assumed that once you do organic, it must be expensive. And I work with farmers mm-hmm. and I'm really trying to work on the farmers and telling them, you know, if you make your produce, because I, I uh, like my farms are not able to provide enough food, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, yeah. for the shop. So mm-hmm. I have to work with other farmers. And one thing I keep telling them, if you make your food expensive and not accessible, yeah. mm-hmm. it makes no sense because you won't sell as much. So with my farmers, by the way, we have really tried. At Sylvia's Basket, let me speak for Sylvia's Basket. Yeah, mm-hmm. We have really tried to make the prices very fair mm-hmm. and closer to conventional because we realize that, you know, in this state of the economy, we are all very price sensitive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want to spend too much money on food. Mm-hmm. We just want to get good food. Yeah. And But we don't want to spend too much on it. So we try to make it affordable. Mm-hmm. I still uh, would agree with you that the price might be slightly higher, yeah. mainly because we are still having to deal with few farmers so we are still having to grapple with demand and supply Mm -hmm. so i don't have too many farmers and they feel like since i've struggled to make my tomato organic then i need to get a small premium over it which is not really too much of a problem as long as you don't make it too high and then again you have to ask yourself what is the cost to your health yeah Mm -hmm. what's your cost to your health like are you going to skimp on your health today Mm -hmm. and pay the doctors tomorrow or are you willing to pay something slightly higher Mm -hmm. for good health today and 
have a good health you know for the rest of your life so and at times you know we have to think about the um, you know the cost of things let me give you a quick example mm-hmm. even as we do marketing and talking about our food yeah it's easy for us to go to you know nairobi is nice and lively mm-hmm. so we have lots of restaurants mm-hmm. so if you go to a restaurant um and you ask for a plate of plantains you'll be given a little plate for 400 shillings of plantains and i won't ha- i won't question you that. won't question it yeah. you won't question it but when i tell you that i'm selling you my plantains for 220 a kg it sounds expensive so it's just also a mental how mm-hmm. do we cost food how do we cost how you know good food for us you know we are able to buy shoes we buy shoes what yeah. thousands of shillings you know and clothes at the heart of our you know you're scrolling your instagram you see a nice shoe and you yeah. already buy you yeah. don't even ask questions yeah. but for quality yeah, yeah. but when it comes to quality food you don't want to spend any money on it but according to you is it fair to put a premium on good food i don't think it should be a very high premium to mm-hmm. be honest mm-hmm. i don't think it's fair because everyone deserves good food yeah you know good you know healthy food is a fundamental human right yeah mm-hmm. that is a human right and everyone should be able to access it but i'm just trying to say the way our market is right now mm-hmm. we are trying very hard at silvia's basket you know to make our prices very competitive and comparable to conventional so we can be able to catch people from the other you know yeah. camp yeah we you know we are trying to spread our fishing net <laughs> and and telling people you know you can afford it and one of the things we've tried to do mm-hmm. is to make sure that the regular food especially our african indigenous vegetables mm-hmm. local food that is seasonal Mm-hmm. Do you know we are actually very fair our prices are very fair and that's why and when we make our prices that way I may not be able to speak for other organic markets but when we make our prices that way we're actually passing on a statement to say that this food is for everybody yeah Sylvia do you get like any support or do organic farmers get support from the government no so we don't get any support from the government can that be a factor as to why organic food is also expensive in a way I mean but the truth is when you start producing organic for the first five years I can see it can be very costly mm-hmm. because you have to almost change the whole system of your farm. Mm-hmm. So you basically have to do more work that is more like drudgery, you know, like you have to make compost, you have to work on your soil, you know, you have to do cover cropping. Yeah. You know, a bit of that work can be very hectic. Yeah. You know, when you just try to compare that, you imagine I have to go and collect all the waste on my farm from my kitchen, put in a compost pit, wait mm-hmm. for it to get ready in 8 to 12 weeks and then plant mm-hmm. versus someone who uses a synthetic input which you just put on a spoon mm-hmm. and put in the soil so people are like why do i have to go through all this headache and hassle yeah. and that's why it can be a bit expensive as you're starting to set up the systems at the beginning but then i only say from the 5th to 6th year it becomes almost like clockwork because you have worked on the ecosystem you have a good biodiversity ah. you've worked on your soils and now it's time for mother nature to start giving mm. so she gives and she never stops giving as long as you take care of her but the first few years can be difficult and in those years we get no support from the government yeah. we get no support from anyone to be honest i mean you just have to have the will power yeah and you have to be one who is very committed to actually produce your food and someone who really cares for the environment yeah. to be able to actually mm-hmm. go through the first few years that are extremely difficult Yeah with the fact that you don't really get support from the government mm-hmm. from a Kenyan perspective what is the future of a, of an organic farmer what is the future of organic food yeah mm-hmm. um in my opinion i think organic is the only or agroecology you know we have yeah. many terminologies we have organic we have agroecology sustainable But maybe agriculture maybe we should clarify is mm-hmm. organic farming part of agri- is it like agroecology is it like the whole how do i say it is it a practice under agroecology Yes. Mm-hmm. Cuz agroecology has got different principles. In yeah. fact, when you go online, you'll see that has about 10 principles from FAO. Uh you know, I can't remember all of them, but yeah. you know, something to do with diversity, you know, with synergies, recycling, recycling yeah. you know, mm-hmm. uh agroforestry, planting mm-hmm. of trees, 
soil, taking good care of your soil, mm-hmm. water harvesting. And I can see that um, it's true that there's some farmers who practice agroecology, but still use synthetic inputs. We have yeah. to accept that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's still not too bad because at least they are, you know, working on the environment and just being really careful about how they do their farming systems. Mm-hmm. But then when it comes to organic, organic is you don't use any synthetic inputs. Mm-hmm. So for myself, by the way, um, before I knew about all these terminologies, mm-hmm. I just used to know that I'm an organic farmer. But now when you actually look at my farm, if you visit and see how we do our practices, I'm actually practicing agroecology, I practice permaculture, I'm yeah. practicing biointensive agriculture, I'm practicing like regenerative agriculture, you know, just because of how we've actually done our practices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then the future, in my opinion, for organic or agroecology or sustainable agriculture yeah. is that we don't have a choice. That's just what I feel. I just feel farmers do not have a choice moving on. Just go around, talk to farmers, mm-hmm. and every one of them are going to tell you that, you know, the produce we are making a few years ago, mm-hmm. we are not making that produce anymore. You know, the produce has really reduced. Or oh, for organic farmers? No, no for, for general. Yeah, for conventional ah. farmers. They're like 10, 20 years ago, we had a lot of produce. Yeah, yeah. And right now, the produce has come down considerably. Yeah. You know, so, you know, they're asking us, what is the solution? Mm-hmm. What can I do about it? And tell them, agroecology, organic is the only way for you yeah. to be able to rebuild your soils, yeah. to be able to retain water in the soil, to be able to get a good harvest. Which farmer doesn't want to get a good mm-hmm. harvest and retain water and be able to survive like what you're going through, like a semi-drought right yeah. now? They all want to be able to survive such seasons. Yeah. And the only way they can be able to survive that, those, those seasons is by using sustainable practices. So for me, the future is organic. We don't have a choice. Sylvia, as an organic farmer, mm-hmm. business person, and a consumer, what changes have you put in place to make organic food easily accessible? Um, one thing we have done is, mm-hmm. one, as I have mentioned from before, that we have actually mm-hmm. tried to make the food um, affordable. Mm-hmm. So we've tried to make it affordable because affordability is the first step into it, accessibility. Yeah. And then number two, we've also tried to have our shop in a place whereby um, is accessible to many people. Yeah. So we're on mm-hmm. Gong Road in Nairobi. And beyond that, even not just location, we're very active online. Mm-hmm. So people can be able to find us at Sylvia's Basket on Instagram and Facebook. You know, one way of getting to the consumers is by you know being active on social media platforms because many of us are spending a lot of time on our phones and computers and that's how we are able to actually make it accessible Mm -hmm. and then i'm also um trying to be consistent because the other thing about accessibility is being consistent and reliable Mm -hmm. so just uh you know upping our game on training farmers especially small-scale farmers Mm -hmm. and being able to support them to get their produce to Ah. you yes to transition to organic Uh but also get their produce to the market Mm -hmm. because you find we have many wonderful organic small-scale farmers but they're not able to access the markets and how have we done that we're working with logistics partners who are able to make sure that the farmers once you just drop your package at our, our partners who support us with logistics yeah the package comes all the way to the shop because that's normally a very very big hassle for many mm-hmm. farmers because mm-hmm. they have the produce but they can't access the markets and the biggest um you know problem is logistics you know mm-hmm. how do i package how do i put it in a bus will it get there in good condition yeah so for us we have a very reliable logistics partner who is able to get us produce from all over the country and bring it here. So that also helps to increase accessibility of the produce. We've talked so much about youth training farmers, how you're trying to demystify the myth, the myth that organic food is expensive, and we've not talked so much about consumers and what consumers should do. Mm. I think one thing you can just let us know what, or you can just let the listeners know what the what consumers should do, mm. and basically what consumers should do to contribute to the organic movement. Um, one thing about the consumers, I mean, it sounds a very easy solution. Yeah. 
which is basically the more you buy organic produce from farmers, the more you encourage these farmers to grow mm-hmm. safe produce. Mm-hmm. So if consumers bought more food from organic markets, then they like they would encourage farmers to grow more organic produce, and in turn, the produce would be more accessible. Yeah. But that sounds very easy. You know, it's a very yeah. easy thing. You uh-huh. know. But one thing I want to really challenge consumers is: Do you ever think about what you're putting in your mouth? Mm-hmm. Do you ever think what you're feeding your family? Do you ask questions, where does this food come from? How was it grown? Yeah. Do I know whether it's safe for me or not? You know, do I want to know where it has come from? Or are we just putting our heads in the sand, not wanting to know anything? Mm-hmm. You're like, as long as I'm eating this food and I'm yeah. eating my vegetables, who cares where they came from? Mm-hmm. Who cares how they were grown? So I want consumers to st- to be very powerful because when you think about, um, you know, the whole system of farming, even we had a debate with some of my colleagues and were asking who is more powerful. Is it the farmers or is it the, the consumers? consumers? Yeah, yeah. Do you know the consumers are the ones who are very yeah. powerful? Mm-hmm. Because right now, um, I'm sorry to break this down to you. Mm-hmm. The reason you have very nice, beautiful, shiny vegetables mm-hmm. that are full of chemicals is because that's what consumers want. Yeah. Consumers want something that looks nice. Mm-hmm. It's shiny. It's bright. And I'm not saying organic should not have good quality. Mm-hmm. We sell very good quality produce. Mm-hmm. It's organic, but it's quality. Mm-hmm. But what I'm just saying is, since consumers want this nice, brightly colored stuff, farmers are going to do everything to give that to you. Yeah. If it means having to spray their tomatoes, which they do, yeah. every single week mm-hmm. for five months mm-hmm. before it gets to your plate, mm-hmm. they will do it. Yeah, yeah. So that you get the wonderful tomato that you wanted and you asked for. And the middlemen are the ones who normally go around the farmers mm-hmm. and they tell the farmers, you know, this doesn't look good enough, spray this, spray that. I'm coming ah. back after one week. Yeah. Ooh. The middlemen are now the ones advising the farmers on which pesticides to use and which are the best and the harshest and the quickest that work very well. So they tell the farmers, it happened to me before. Ah. I was trying to sell ah. some broccoli and they had a bit of aphids, which in my opinion was not too bad because you just basically have to dip the aphids, the broccoli in salty water. Mm-hmm. The aphids will swim away and you can continue with your meal. Mm-hmm. But for them, they don't want to see a single insect and they told me spray one two three things we're coming back after one week the the pests or the doodos will be gone and we can come and buy it from you because they say if i sell anything with 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 uh you know with the pests yeah or with doodos or with little like critters here and there the consumers yeah. will refuse so you see how powerful consumers are yeah so i'm sorry to say but consumers you're getting what you deserve because you want to have that you know, that, uh, you know, nice food that's pesticide-laden, full of poison. Mm-hmm. But if consumers today were to say, no, you go to your mama boga, because, you know, not every consumer who's listening to us is able to access yeah. organic produce yeah. or safe yeah. produce. Mm-hmm. But if you start asking questions to your mama boga, where do you get your vegetables from? Do you know the farmer? Well, yeah. How do they Actually, grow the food? Such questions, yeah, yeah. You know, such questions mm-hmm. will start making the local ladies or the, uh, you know, the uh, um, like the retailers who are selling, start asking those questions. Yeah. And they start wondering, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. I need to start getting farmers who are not spraying. Mm. So they now start telling the farmers, do you know my customers don't want food that is sprayed with chemicals? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's how we're going to change the whole mindset so that consumers need to know you are very powerful. Yeah. Start asking the questions. Start inquiring. Start demanding mm-hmm. that the food I'm eating should be good for me. It should be good for my family. Mm-hmm. You know, start even in your little capacity. If you know something, like even the other day, um, uh, just a quick example, I'd gone to my friend's farm mm-hmm. and she's starting to set up and um, these guys were wanting to spray a glyphosate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like glyphosates yeah. are herbicides, mm-hmm. which are terrible anyway. Just Google glyphosate. You will learn a lot about it yeah. online. Uh-huh. And they were going to spray some glyphosates and, um, you know, I screamed, literally screaming. <laughs> <laughs> cannot do that you know but you know the farmer was like it's effective it works very well yeah. you know we're going to spray us a few bottles and what we did 
we actually asked because my friend was farming with a friend mm-hmm. and she called a friend in such horror he's like do you know about glyphosate he was like what is that and this mm. is someone who is educated who has a really good job and has got a lot of exposure yeah yeah working in Nairobi has no idea what is glyphosate so i think for me if you're able to get the message out yeah read uh, i told you guys earlier Read all the ingredients that are in your food. You know, when you go to the supermarket, read all the ingredients. If you can't pronounce it, shove it. Don't eat it. Mm. The same thing. If you want to start farming and you're using inputs, read. What's on that? We are educated. We can read. We have research. We have all the tools. We have Google. We have yeah. everything to give us all the information. Yeah. So read. So as consumers, be well read. Yeah. No, ask questions. Demand. Mm. And you know you're going to change the whole scene of food. Yeah. Yeah. Sylvia but why is conventional cheaper So um it's a very good question in fact I um like on my Twitter handle which is kuria_sylvia mm-hmm. I did a poster maybe a few weeks ago and it got so much response mm-hmm. about why is it organic farmers are made to sign a bunch of so many papers pay so much money to prove that their food is safe and yet oh, that that applies here in Kenya um in a way like especially if you're doing it for for export it's a very long rigorous process and yet conventional farmers don't have to account for anything mm-hmm. anything they don't account for anything we don't know what they are spraying and yet what they are using is actually very very you know many times not all but many times the synthetic inputs are very bad for the environment and yeah. very bad for our health mm-hmm. and yet conventional farmers are not held accountable in any way yeah so if you ask me conventional produce should actually be more expensive of because it's of the even cost. highly yeah, yeah yes because of the cost to our health oh, yeah, and the cost to the environment mm. so conventional should actually cost more mm-hmm. than organic but because we're in a world where things are upside yeah, down uh-huh. and things are warped and we don't read and yeah. we don't research and we don't speak and we don't have strong advocates mm-hmm. yeah we don't have strong advocates so it's warped mm-hmm. so you find organic is more expensive mm-hmm. and yet conventional should be the ones in my opinion if you're using synthetic inputs you need to be able to write down for me all the inputs you have used when you use them how you use them yeah because um what i feel is that we pay cheap for conventional now but we pay very dearly much later yeah but how comes we don't have mamambogas like on the streets how we have mamambogas selling selling conventional food on the streets why don't we have the same applying for organic food i think the reason why mamambogas may not really have a lot of organic produce mm-hmm. is because they don't have access to it they don't know where to get it mm-hmm. but you know like for me um i mentioned we have a farm in limuru and i was selling my produce to the mamambogas in limuru uh, mm-hmm. market mm-hmm. and they loved my produce totally loved it it's only that sometimes i don't have enough to give them yeah but they were very very happy with my produce and they would keep calling me every week bring me back the lettuce bring me, my yeah. customers are happy my customers really want it but i find the reason why they're not doing it is because they don't have access they don't know yeah. where to get it yeah. and organic farmers we are few mm-hmm. and we are few and really spaced out so we don't have enough produce that we could give to mama bogas but if we have a strong advocacy mm-hmm. and work with farmers and give farmers more training on agroecology and sustainable agriculture then we'll be able to have more people to convert you know to grow yeah. safe food yeah. and that way the ripple effect will be amazing mm. more people will be able to access organic food and it's going to be affordable but to answer that part mm-hmm. conventional needs to be more expensive than organic mm. if you ask me Sylvia why is organic food expensive as i mentioned earlier mm-hmm. we did a copy paste from the west uh, so are you asking why it's expensive in kenya yeah why it's expensive in kenya and you've also mentioned the fact that you have farmers you work with farmers but for them to get market it's, it's also a problem Okay, let's agree that mm-hmm. the first few years of doing organic can be costly. Yeah. And difficult. Mm-hmm. So you find farmers would normally have to put a small premium because as I said, imagine having to make your compost versus using a spoon of synthetic yeah. fertilizer. Mm-hmm. You know, one will cost 
it much more and take more time yeah but the fact is over time it actually becomes cheaper mm-hmm. like right now if i compare my my farming with a conventional farmer my inputs are like almost 70% less yeah. i've actually compared yeah. it with conventional farmers mm-hmm. my inputs because i've done it for a number of years mm-hmm. so my inputs are way way less than mm-hmm. conventional farmers but also let's also agree that when the narrative of organic was being introduced into kenya yeah. as a commercial business mm-hmm. of course we're all doing organic mm-hmm. like our grandparents and long oh, time yeah. ago uh-huh. it was all organic but when the narrative of making it commercial was being introduced in kenya um the ngos and the trainers who actually came into the training mm-hmm. actually told farmers that organic has a lot of money you can sell your stuff at a premium mm-hmm. so you see the farmers knew that they have to sell at a premium yeah. because the retailers in the city are definitely selling at a premium mm. so why should the farmer sell at a throwaway price and yet he knows the person he's selling to in the city is going to sell it at 3 4 5 times yeah the price so farmers became very strict and they held on to that narrative that we have to sell our produce expensive even when you sit down with them and you find that their inputs are low mm-hmm. the inputs are almost close to nothing especially someone who has done it for a very long time yeah. especially like you know things like fruits yeah you know if you're doing organic avocados You know like most even let's just start most of the avocados we have in Kenya organic. Yeah. <laughs> think about it. Actually even most I think most fruits. Yeah. Uh-huh. Quite a number of fruits are not very high in pesticides. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you find this farmer he's been doing avocados for maybe 15 years but he still insists on making a maca potato. You're like really? Is it really worth it? Mm-hmm. So I think also that narrative that started off to make organic commercial, you know, started by telling the farmers they have to sell it at a premium. Mm-hmm. and yet it's not necessary. Yeah. So for us even as we interact with farmers, we keep telling them, you know this food you're giving us very expensive. Who are we going to sell it to in Nairobi? Mm. Who is going to buy it mm. anyway if it's too high? And remember, your children, your relatives are living in the city. Yeah. You have such yeah. good produce and they can't even afford mm. it. So make it affordable so that more people can afford it. Yeah. So it's going to take some time for a mind shift for farmers mm-hmm. to accept that they can make it affordable, especially where it's clearly proven that the inputs are low. I believe that farmers should not make it too expensive and should work on selling volumes and that's why we're here. That's why we're good we're growing our retail. Yeah. To make sure that our retail is big and we're able to sell volume Mm-hmm. and once you both sell volumes then it's very encouraging to the farmer mm-hmm. to know that even if i don't have to make it too expensive i'm also going to sell very well mm-hmm. but now if you're buying very small volumes of course the farmers will have to mark up the price yeah. mm-hmm. so that's when again consumers come in remember mm-hmm. consumer is king <laughs> if consumers buy from farmers yeah, yeah. you'll encourage us to grow more mm-hmm. and the price will definitely come down oh thank you so much for the insights yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've actually come to the end of this show and um to end our to end this show Sylvia if you were a fruit what will you be and why um I'd be a jackfruit <laughs> can i see fruit and vegetables because i love okay. both okay if i was a jackfruit mm-hmm. okay i had never eaten jackfruit anywhere else mm-hmm. so once i actually went to visit um world vegetable center i just took a bus and i went to arusha mm-hmm. to visit world vegetable center because they do a lot of oh. good work on research on seeds and mm-hmm. stuff like that so i just said you know let me just go and learn what yeah. they're doing there uh-huh. and i was walking on the streets of arusha with a friend of mine i just took a friend of mine who's not even in agriculture and we found this fruit being sold on the street and it was a jackfruit and jackfruit is one of the best fruits ever because you can't even tell the way they taste you know it tastes a little like a mango a little like a, a banana a bit like a pineapple you know it's just a wonderful versatile fruit i love it i've planted some waiting for them to come up on my farm but yeah i'd be a jackfruit and if i was a vegetable i think i'd be a beetroot why because <laughs> beetroots are so easy to grow like even if you don't have a green thumb even if you're going to just as in no matter how bad you are at farming uh-huh. you can grow beetroots 
and beetroots are so healthy for you and yeah. they are so tasty. I know. Oh, tasty. I know. It depends. <laughs> Let me teach you how to uh, you come and I'm going to teach you how to cook beetroots. Okay. But beetroots are amazing. They mm-hmm. are high in fiber. By the way, mm-hmm. if you have any tummy issues, mm-hmm. You know, beetroots are very good for you. They are very high in fiber. They are good. And today, I actually read an article that they say beetroots actually help to lower high blood pressure. I didn't know that. Mm. But it's one of those superfoods which I feel have not been given enough clout. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to make use of this podcast to let people know <laughs> that beetroot is a superfood. Okay, thank you so much. Yeah. Once again, thank you so much for your insight, Sylvia. And to our listeners, thank you so much for listening in till the end of the show. Until next time, thank you.